Hey fans, welcome to today's episode of Calling All Fans. So look, 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 you're not ready, you better get ready. And get your game face on. about to start we are ready 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 i want to fans yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh. back at it again Return of the Ma- actually hey. i don't know what that song is about i've learned that i sing a lot of songs that sound cool that's fair uh-huh. that's but fair that are about See, a that's lot fair. of bad things a, uh, a lot of bad things you know but that's yeah, sad too. to me because yeah. i have a lot of songs where i've uh i guess you can say I don't know if romanticized is the best word, but I believe the best in the song. And I'm just like, oh, this is my jam. And like, someone tells you what it's about and you're like, yeah. and it's like, no way. And it hurts your heart. And you don't want to know why that is fans? Because Anthony, you know what? You can't handle the truth. I can't That's handle why. it. It's okay. That's okay. That's and, all right. And the only truth I can handle somewhat so is that Jesus is Lord, man. Hey. Raise still, them up. I'm still figuring that out. Still, a lot of figuring. I'm still learning as I as, as we we walk together, talk together. I'm still learning. Anyway, so here's, here's the thing, man. We got to hop in this. We got to hop in this right now. Cody, do you want to play on some of these sound bites real quick, man? Yeah. Just what's coming in? Let them know yeah, what's just, coming in. Just 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 so y'all are ready, fans. I, I may at any given point. I may hit you with a, with a quick, maybe we start talking about LeBron James, and we're just like. There is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. It could happen. You know, maybe we're maybe we're, we're hitting you with some hard truths, and we feel like y'all are going to be in y'all's feelings. You can't handle the truth. I don't know. It's so exciting. The world is what is better known as our oyster. Dang. That's a good you know? setup. Get set up, and you know what else? Anthony could really frustrate me with some of his hot takes, kind of like Max Kellerman does to Stephen A. And I could just hit him with a. I could have been at a barbecue. Who knows, man? I mean, I couldn't be at a barbecue right now because it's nighttime. But you know, whatever. It's not the point. <laughs> barbecues that happen at night. Well, not start at night, but they finish yeah, at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, so just at any given point, I may hit y'all with one of those. I hope you're excited. If you're not. Get excited. I don't know what else to tell you. How about that? Yeah, yeah. How about that? Because that you're not being excited really grinds my gears. Oh <laughs> hey, you know what else is gonna grind your gears, Cody? Uh, oh no. I'm gonna have to tell you this, fans. Uh-oh. Uh you may need to call Cody, hit him up on Instagram, something and check on him, see how he's doing. Because his quarterback got traded, y'all. His quarterback got traded. Carson Wentz is no longer a Philadelphia Eagle. Um, he is now an entity Indianapolis Colt. Colt. Thank you, Carson, for your time in Philly. Thank you, man. And he's a grateful guy, so I'm grateful that he's getting another shot. Here's here's two problems I see with this trade, and this is a heart, not a structural sports knowledge problem. This is a heart problem. That means one, Andrew Luck is not coming back anytime soon. I was kind of hoping he was just taking one year off. Um, so that's sad. Um, and then two, Jacoby Brissett is not a scrub. This man was five and two when he was started and he got injured and he hasn't gotten his job back. I don't understand, man. He was yeah. in the system. Jacoby Brissett is not a scrub. Like, I, yeah. why won't they get his man a shot? That, I don't know. It... I, I like Jacoby Brissett. Don't get me wrong, um, but at the same time, let me let me say this. Same time, I, I get it. I, you know, I, you've had him. You had him after Andrew Luck, and when Andrew Luck got hurt and stuff like that, you've had him. So you kind of know what he has to offer. 
And for whatever reason, people don't view him as a starter. And he looked good on the Patriots for me. And here's the thing. We can no longer say, yeah, yeah. And here's my thing. We can no longer say, well, the Patriots is a plug and play system. Are they? Because they had a former MVP in Cam Newton and they didn't look great. That's all I'm saying. So, and, and people will say, well, they had, they had different coaches and stuff like that. Well, no, they have the same guy. They have the same, what's it, what's his name? Josh McDaniel. He's still there. He's still the guy. So it's not a plug and play system up there. And this is completely off topic. We're not going to talk about this at all. I don't think today we may talk about it next week fans, but I think that lends itself. Now we have to look and say, Tom Brady's actually better than we thought he was because it's not just a plug and play system. Yeah. Crazy. Or we have to look and say, Cam Newton's not as good as we thought he was. I think both are, I think both are true. I think, and and here's what I'll say. Cam Newton is older. Like his MVP season was two, 2015 i think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's 2021 man like that's true 2020 2021 he's coming off of uh a season ending injury yeah. i think like he you know like in in carolina he got covid seven of those defensive players didn't uh you know seven of their like they're really good players yeah that got opted out of the season because of covid like there's a lot going on and uh yeah, I think the Patriots will be back no matter who they have. I think they'll ease not well not easily because they got the Bills and the Dolphins in that division now. That they're you know. but I, I think they'll get to to um, a 10, 10 wins. Um, they need they need some help though. Like I don't know yeah. who's gonna be their quarterback. Maybe they'll go get out. They go get Jacoby Reset. I've seen some Marcus Mariota talk. Um, I'm intrigued by that. I like that actually. Yeah, I think I like that. I like it. I just Bill Belichick. Here's the thing: nobody's Tom Brady. So you know what Tom True. Brady did? He went out and ran Bill Belichick's system, Josh McDaniels' system, with not very good weapons, and he made them all look better than what they were. Yeah, you can't just like Marcus Mariota is not going to get a fair shake because he's going to go out there play, but he doesn't have any weapons. You gotta get this man weapons if you're gonna really see what he has, right? Yeah. The quarterback position has the most influence on the offense than anybody else, uh, on the game pretty much than anybody else. We understand that, but the court we saw in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes were throwing people, hitting them in the hands, and if you don't catch it, it don't count. Exactly. I mean, hey, <laughs> y'all heard it here last week. There, I, I I gave you guys five plays that if the receiver makes the catch. It's a touchdown. And these aren't five plays where, oh, they caught it at the 30 and would have had to get some yak. No. These were five plays that literally just catch the ball. And 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 yeah. and it's a touchdown. That's 35 that's touchdown. points. That's okay. Assuming you hit your PAT, that's 35 yeah. points that you just left on the on the board. On the board, man. Crazy, bro. Crazy. And so obviously, you know, we can't sit here and say oh well they would have won definitely because who knows what the bucks would have done as a result of that but Mm -hmm. it's like you're going three and out your defense is back on the field immediately we saw this with the cowboys tony romo not a bad quarterback but when you're going three and out and your defense is on the field all the time of course you're going to go eight and eight because your defense can't stop anybody because they're exhausted exhausted you know what i mean and so anyway fans this is not what we're talking about what we're talking about is another quarterback Going named, three and out. Named Carson Wentz. Carson and here's Wentz the deal. Was with the Eagles three years. And now he's he I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I no, he was, I, this I was, was year four. This was year four. This is year four. Uh, five. Year five. Sorry. Year five. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, um, yeah, I think he's old. I think he's been there a little longer than three years. So, <laughs> so this was year five. And year five wasn't a good one, Carson. I love you. I love you. You're my guy. Like I'm, I'm, I'm still a Carson Wentz guy. Like, and, and when I say I'm a Carson Wentz guy, you got to understand, we have a friend named CJ Hopper who is a Ryan Fitzpatrick guy. He's a case Keenum. Wait, wait, tell me you're on that guy. You're on that level. Like Like, with Carson. Yes. 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 CJ is a, when I say, when we say CJ is a Ryan Fitzpatrick guy, he he's, he loves this guy. Yeah, like he's like, on the train. He believes in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, he's like, that, a, that you I, I'm, I'm there because I've seen it. I've seen those flashes. I've seen, I saw this man in college dominate my alma mater. Like, <laughs> and my alma mater, when they were getting dominated by Carson, they weren't scrubs. You know what I mean? No. 
like not scrubs at all. Um, and I I saw Carson here too, look like an MVP before a freak injury. I, I've seen I saw him drag the Philadelphia Eagles to the playoffs, throw into you know practice squad backups. So yeah. I, I I've seen we've seen the flashes, and he had this this year was a bad year, of course, but I mean. Every quarterback has a bad year. Not necessarily this bad, but you know, I, I still believe in the guy. Okay. And to here's here's my point. I'm a Carson Wentz guy. And I hate to see him go, but I'm actually happy for him. I'm excited to see what he does with the Colts. Yeah, I'm excited to see. When you say you you believe in the guy, what does that mean? Do you believe in him to win a Super Bowl? Do you believe in him to like win playoff games? never quite make it do you believe in him just to get into the playoffs what what do you believe in I, what do you say i believe i believe that carson wentz can can win a super bowl do i believe okay. that carson wentz is going to be you know do i believe that carson wentz is gonna is gonna be this top-notch elite quarterback that it doesn't matter do i think he's patrick mahomes no i i, I don't think that but I do think that he's good enough to get you to a Super Bowl, and okay. he's good enough to not not necessarily he's not necessarily going to Tom Brady a Super Bowl, right? Where it's like you can look at some of the, a few uh, most of Tom Brady Super Bowls and say, okay, Tom won this Super Bowl. He played really great and put the put the defense in good position. Like, yeah, he turned it over, and that wasn't a good turnover, but he turned it over on you know leaving the defense with 95 yards to defend versus two yards to defend. Right. Like, I don't think Carson's going to do that, but I think Carson Wentz to your guy, Joe Flacco. I, I think Carson Wentz can have a Joe Flacco type performance in a super bowl. All right. You know what I mean? Like, I think he can do that. Oh, I got the juice Flacco. So that, so that's what I, where I'm at now, Joe Flacco, people will say, well, Joe Flacco threw three touchdowns in the first half. Carson Wentz can do that. <laughs> like Carson, Carson Wentz could do that. I believe he can do that. I believe he can win a Super Bowl. I just believe Colts fans, this is for you specifically. You're you're going to have to be patient because Frank Reich now has the unenviable task. He now has to undo. Frank Reich left after Carson's second year in the league. Carson Wentz was almost an MVP. Had he not got hurt, Carson Wentz would have been the MVP of the league. They won the Super Bowl that year. And people were legitimately looking at this guy and ready to crown him the best quarterback in the league. I thought it was a little preemptive, but people were ready to crown him that. Now, fast forward three years later, what have these quarterback coaches in Philly done with him? What have they done to him mentally now? I'm not talking physically or anything. Mentally, what have they done? So Frank Reich has to undo three years of non-Frank Reich coaching and then re-coach him up. So if you'll, if you'll bear with Frank Reich and Carson Wentz for about two to maybe three years, year three, you'll see him pop. Year two, you'll see the flashes. Year one, I mean, he's a construction project right now. And I'm, I, I mean, that's just that's just what it is. That's fair. I think it's gonna be hard. I think the, I think ownership is gonna have to be like, like, look, Frank, you got two years or something. Because yeah. because they went eleven and five last year, man. They did. They Crazy. were top of the division with the Tennessee Titans, man. They took the Buffalo Bills to the brink. Like yeah. they you know, like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to have that patience. But I, I believe I believe that I believe Carson Wentz still got some juice left yeah. in him. Like he's still young. I just I'm looking at everybody is talking about how good this Colts team is, and I I think so. But but here's the thing, Philip Rivers. I here's why I believe a little bit because Philip Rivers is normally a gunslinger who throws too many interceptions in the first half, and his team just misses the playoffs because he finally gets it together in the second half of the season. Yeah, this year they were really good all year long. Yeah, um, and so I believe that he, uh, Frank Wright, can help um, Carson Wentz. But also, man, I just look, T.Y. Hilton disappears way too much for me, man. He does. He does. He's a mega superstar when he's on, and when he's off, it's like, man, T.Y. Hilton had one catch for five yards. What? Yeah. You know, like, and then who else is on that? Who else is he throwing to? So is he going from a situation where he had Nelson Aguilar? And Deshaun Jackson sometimes when he wasn't hurt, you know, when Nelson Aguilar wasn't hurt, and then no receivers to a to a to a team with T.Y. Hilton and then nobody. I mean, like you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like how 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 much better is it going to be 
he does have two really good running backs, but I mean, what didn't y'all have Boston Scott and um, uh, Sanders and yeah, so we have we have Miles Sanders and we have Boston Scott, but uh, and again, I, I like Miles Sanders. I'm a Miles Sanders guy. Meaning, I mean, a lot of people that I know that are Philly fans are like, oh, get him out. We need a better running back. I like Miles Sanders. He's a poor man for me. And, and if you watch him play, if you watch the tape, you, you'll you see this to be true. His college tape, his pro tape hasn't really correlated, but his college tape, if you watch him, he's a poor man, Saquon Barkley. That's it. Like, he he's, the, he's that same kind of guy, just lesser. So, right? So, like, Saquon, let's say Saquon. Let's just give it like an overall. Let's say Saquon's like a 98 overall. Miles Sanders is probably like an 85, 87 guy. Okay. I was like, I'm not mad at that. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, just looking. Let me look. Some player stats here for you guys. Uh, their leading receiver, Neheim Hines. Never heard of him. Oh, no. This is in, uh, this is in alphabetical order. I was going to say. No, that's he, a running back. He had their, he had their most, the most catches last year. He had the most receptions. Isn't he a running back? Yeah, he is crazy. 482 yeah. yards receiving. So that's not bad, right? Average 75 yards rushing a game, apparently. That's doesn't really make sense, but sure, man. Um, that doesn't feel right. That's what they're saying, but it doesn't feel right to me. That's what it says on the Colts statistics page. Anyways, so receiving TY had 56 for 762 and five touchdowns. Zach Pascal, 629, five touchdowns. Michael Pittman which I'm pretty sure – I think Michael Pittman's in year two. So he's, he's up and coming. He only had one touchdown. We had 500 yards. Mo Alley-Cox, who a lot of people are, are, are saying is a freak of an athlete at tight end. I haven't watched enough of him. He had 394 yards and two touchdowns. And as we know, Carson Wentz likes throwing to his tight end. He loves throwing to the tight end, especially if the tight end's name is Zach Ertz. I think that that was a big issue there. In uh, in Philly, was he wanted to throw to Zach Ertz a little too much? I, I think that that was a bit of a problem for him after Frank Reich left, because I think Frank Reich did a really good job of telling him, "Hey, man, you got you got to, you know, I, I know you want Zach, but you know, if the offense is giving you more, don't force feed Zach. Give it to, give it to Miles. Hit Boston. You know, when we get the yeah. big play over the top, hit the big play over the top. I think Frank Reich did that in that in year two, and I think that's why we saw. Carson and Zach kind of pop a little bit. Okay. Okay. So, so receiver wise, T.Y. does disappear quite a bit, way more than I would like for him to disappear. But at the same time, when I think about it, the draft is coming up. Some pretty good receivers coming out in the maybe, draft. Maybe the Colts you draft know. better than the Eagles, man. Oh, Which well, I'm pretty, I think they do. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now we're looking at it. Now the the Colts gave up a third round in this this year's um, and a conditional second round in next year, which mm -hmm. I had to look it up. I was like, why is it conditional? And it's conditional on Carson Wentz's health. Yes. Uh, if he pay if he plays seventy five percent of the games, then they get the first rounder. If he plays seventy percent of the games, but they make the playoffs, then they get the first rounder as well. And so. I think that's a pretty good that's pretty good uh look for the Eagles. Yeah. He does have to stay healthy and he hasn't been healthy for the past two years. But if True. you take a team, if you take a team that he has to play 70% of the game. So 70% of the games out of 16 is what? 75% is 12. It's 12. Um so 70 would probably be like 11 or 10. 11. He needs to figure out how to play 10 games in a 16 game season. Now, now does that mean start 10 games or does that just mean play in 10 games? Would be my I question. Think, I think I think yeah, I think he has to start because they didn't bring him there to be no backup. I well, I'm just like I'm just like let's say the man gets like I don't know, like turf toe, right? And they're like, "All right, well, you're going to suit up, but we're going to play Jacoby." And then Jacoby gets hurt and they're like, hey, "Carson, hop in there, man." You know, but they were just trying to manage his health a little bit, you know what I mean? Like if they were trying to do that kind of I'm thing sure that's in the contract somewhere because you know teams would be like oh, i'm not gonna give up this first rounder so oh 100 i just took you out we're already in the playoff you know type of thing or whatever oh for sure for sure for sure um yeah i, I mean i i think we could have got more right personally he's a he's a hurt disgruntled star man he is uh, and you um and you probably got a first rounder out of it um yeah potentially so you know, I, I think you know. I think if Deshaun Watson's gonna go for three, 
Uh, I think Carson Wentz can go from a – I think you could have got a first and a second maybe. Um, Probably, but I, I don't, I don't yeah. think the Eagles are mad. Here's, here's what I will say, though. This year they have the number six pick. Number six pick. We have the sixth pick. We do. Six number six. Pick. Do they do they ride with Jalen or do they pick up a quarterback? You know what we do? I've been thinking about this a lot. I'm going to give you two scenarios. One is realistic and one is completely not going to happen. But if it did, I would be ecstatic. You ready? Okay. First one. Okay, hold on. Before I get into this, (laughs) I just got to say something. Carson Wentz is going to be fine. And the reason I think we're going to end up with a first round pick next year is because Carson Wentz was sacked 50 times with us. Ryan or Phillip Rivers was sacked 19 times last year behind that Colts offensive line. And Carson Wentz is, is more mobile than Phillip Rivers. Carson Wentz does hold the ball too long. Um, but again, again, he's back with Frank Reich. And when in year two, when he had Frank Reich, he didn't hold the ball too long. Um, he was, you know, the ball was out quick. He had the shortest in that year of all quarterbacks that of all the 32 starters, he had the second quickest um, catch to release time. And so what catch to release time is from the time it took him to catch the snap to the time it took him to release the pass. He had the second shortest in of all the starting quarterbacks. And again, like I keep saying, he was on track to win the MVP. So it's not like he's getting rid of the ball quick and throwing picks or throwing incompletions. Like he was actually playing really, really well. Um, And it was quick. You know, it was a lot of first reads, which I didn't really love. I, I like to see a quarterback drop back, go through a progression, not get happy feet, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, if that was working, then do it, you know? So I, I, I do think that he's going to be fine in Indy. I think we will get the first round pick. I don't think he's going to be hit a whole lot because I think Indy's offensive line takes it personal when their quarterback gets knocked down. Um, so I'll just say that. And then, all right, so my two scenarios, I've been thinking about this a lot. Neither one of them will happen. Or one of them could. One of them is actually realistic. The other one, not so much. So the realistic one is we stand at the sixth pick. We take Devontae Smith if he falls to us. And it it just gives us, it gives us potentially, if he falls to us, we get the best receiver in the draft. A, a guy who a lot of people are saying is the second best overall player in the draft behind Trevor Lawrence. And then we ride with Jalen for at least we we basically tell Jalen, hey, you got two years and you have a you have a two year tryout, basically. Next, so you don't have to because I think what you have to do is you have to tell Jalen, hey, you don't have to worry about losing your spot for the next two years. Okay. We want to see how you do as a full-time starter, and we're going to give you 32 games to do it. Because if you if you tell him you don't have to worry about losing your spot, he's going to play free. He's not going to be we're looking over his shoulder or anything like that. And then who knows? We give him two years. The man could go off. Let's not forget. He was 26 and two as a starter at Alabama. Like the guy's a winner, you know? So he, I mean, he could, he could be great, but, or after two years, we look and we say, okay, you know, you have a losing record. You haven't really, you haven't really panned out like we wanted. So we, we just trade him. We trade him away or we hold on to him. We sign a veteran in free agency and, and then we draft a rookie to come you know a prolific quarterback coming out of college who I don't know who that could who that could or would be and we hold on to them and we just let we let those two battle it out for the for the backup job while that veteran's kind of you know doing his thing and mentoring them a little bit and then we say all right quarterback competition this guy's retired now or we got rid of him you two are competing for it let's see who wins it because maybe that's what Jalen needs is to start for two years get his feet wet and then come back and have to fight and win a job. Hmm. I don't I don't know. But that one's more realistic for me that we just stand at the sixth overall pick. Hopefully, Devontae Smith falls to us. We take him, and now we have the best receiver in the draft. A guy, for all intents and purposes, looks like a surefire pick. Like, he, he looks about as safe as a pick, as, about as safe of a pick as Trevor Lawrence looks right now. Um. Like Trevor Lawrence had his pro day a couple weeks ago and dazzled. Everyone was like, yeah, if this guy wasn't your, the number one pick in the draft, he is now. And Devontae Smith, I, I don't know when his pro day is, but I'm sure he's going to dazzle at his pro day as well. And so that's yeah. exciting for me, you know? So that one's realistic. At least for me, it's realistic. AT, you could come back and be like, eh, I don't know. But for me, that's realistic. And, and I'm not, I wouldn't be mad if we did that. 
unrealistic, and this is crazy. Sell the house. Sell the farm. Call the Houston Texans and say, name your price. We want Deshaun. Go get hey. Deshaun. Yeah, I got Go the six pick. I like, have a number yeah. one second conditional pick. That's what I'm saying. Here, uh, like, plus your you you could you could here's here's what could happen if you want Deshaun that bad, you could give him. I don't know if this is legal, but you could give him that second conditional pick, the second round conditional pick for next year, um, that could turn into a first round pick, and then you could give him your first round pick also that you have next year. Uh, if the Eagles have, so they'll the, they, the Eagles could potentially have two first round picks next year in 2021. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to give both of them that, I haven't looked at the Eagles picks for 2021, but, uh, or for, I guess, 2022, I guess it'd be next year, 2022. Uh, but yeah, man, they, they could, everybody has, has a price. Um, I think everybody's tradable. So I think they could go after Deshaun. Um, I don't want them to because, well, they're in the division with my Cowboys. Yeah, so. and that's fair. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so here we go. Here we go. So the Carson Wentz trade has done it. Cody is not happy about it, but he is happy for his guy, Carson Wentz. Um, I think Carson Wentz will have some success in, in yeah. the Atlanta. Cody does too. Fans, let us know what you think. What do you think? Will Carson have some success or is Carson official, officially done? In the league, is he has he regressed to a middle of the pack guy, or has he always been a middle of the pack guy? In 2017, the league just didn't know what to do with him. Uh, I tend not to think that, um, and I hope I hope that he has a great year. He's going to mm-hmm. be in the AFC, so it doesn't really matter to me. Doesn't. Uh, <laughs> I just you need know? the Cowboys to figure out what they're going to do with their quarterback. Okay, real quick, we do have to switch, but Cody. Out of the quarterbacks that have a new team, Stafford, Goff, Wentz, who's going to have the better year? I'm Matthew, about Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford? <laughs> Matthew Stafford, easy. He's going to have the better year? Yeah, easy. Okay. He, cool. he went to the most quarterback-friendly system. It's him, easy. Him out of – you. okay, cool. I think I think the most quarterback-friendly system is the San Francisco 49ers, but – Hey, after after that, I, I agree. I think the Rams. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. Caveat here. <laughs> of the three quarterbacks you list. <laughs> oh, 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 okay, okay. I thought you were saying most quarterback-friendly system. No, 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 no. Listen, okay, listen. Okay. Kyle Shanahan is the most quarterback-friendly co- coach in the league. Okay, yeah, he man. makes it super easy for them. I'm Nick Mullins you. won six games this year. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, man, these, these 49ers are going to be real. When They're going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem. Jimmy, Jimmy G get healthy. They're going to be a problem. All right. So we switching, we switching from, from people who could dominate to, to a person. People who, who do. Dumb. Yeah. So people who, who, a person who has dominated. Yeah. Uh, she, at a very high la- level. I'm very, talking about very good. Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka. So some of y'all, some of our fans may not watch tennis, but even if you don't watch tennis, you've heard of Naomi Osaka. I think she's oh, yeah. 2021, 20, if I'm not mistaken. She's uh, young. She's young, man, and she's she's crushing it. She's she's uh she beat Serena Williams this year in the Australian Open to get to the finals, and then she beat I forget the lady's first name, but her last name was Brady. Um, beat Na- uh, Naomi beat Brady. For the final, and she won the Australian Open, uh, Crazy. and she's on her way. And my question is, could she be the goat of tennis? Like, could she dethrone Serena Williams? Ooh. Ooh. So here's 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 the scenario. Here's here's what I got for you, Cody. So I'm thinking about like, how can you dethrone Serena? Right. Well, you either have to pass her in majors, mm-hmm. or you have to do something that Serena has never done. Right. And so, and then you have to get close to her in major. So Serena is considered the GOAT, but she actually hasn't passed, uh, I think her name is Margaret uh, Court or whatever. Serena has 23 major titles when, uh, when majors won, and Margaret has 24 uh, majors yeah. won. And so, but everybody considers Serena the GOAT, right? So mm-hmm. because Serena is, is just dominating, right? Dominant, So yeah. Osaka, Osaka comes in, 
Okay, so if Osaka wins, say say Serena passes Margaret and, and she goes for 25. She gets two before she retires, and Serena gets 25. If, if Osaka gets 26 to 30, you know, she people can be like, okay, she's she's the GOAT. Or here's another scenario: the head-to-head between Osaka and Serena is three to two. Osaka has the lead over Serena. So say they never play again before Serena retires, right? And then say Serena gets 25 and Osaka gets uh, 23 majors, but she held, she holds the head to head. So then I'm like, okay, okay. But then Osaka does this thing and she wins a grand slam. Now fans, here's the thing, a grand slam. Sometimes if you look up on the internet, sometimes they call the majors grand slams. Um, but I read today that that's actually not how you're supposed to reference it's supposed to be majors and a grand slam is when you win all four majors in a calendar season uh so so if osaka wins the u.s open the uh well i think it goes i think it goes australian open french open uh wimbledon and the uh u.s open mm-hmm. if he wins all of all four of those in a calendar uh season in one season starting with australia french wimbledon and u.s then she would have done something that Serena has never done. Yeah. Serena has never done a Serena has never won a Grand Slam. So if Osaka gets, if she keeps the head to head at three to two and she wins 23 majors, and you know, within that time, it's it, she has completed a Grand Slam, then I think um I think she could become the GOAT. Now, Serena has become close. I think Serena has been closed once or twice with a Grand mm-hmm. Slam. Uh, she got she got runner up once or twice in the U.S. Open after winning the Australian, French, and uh, Wimbledon, um, and so I'm I man Naomi it, oh man I I think it's so cool to watch Naomi here's why because I grew up and and Serena burst, burst on the scene in 1999 so like I was still a young young chap yeah uh, still you know, a young buck six seven years old I think but I, now being now being 27, I can I can watch Naomi like like I can be like I I was not only alive when this is happening, but I was old enough to be paying attention when this is happening, and I think that's pretty cool to uh, to see. Like I was alive when Jordan was winning uh, his second three feet, you know, like but I I, I didn't watch no, it. No, no, not like at all. Years old. Yeah, but I think it's pretty cool to see Naomi like go after it and to be alive in this time. Uh, but at the same time, Serena's Serena's um, incredible. Not only like not only like incredible and an awesome tennis player, but like especially with like black people, like like when when they are like you know they I guess they're beloved, right? Yeah. Almost fault. And so even like like seeing Serena Williams not be the goat in tennis would be would be painful. Oh, not yeah. painful. Not like in a sense where I would like grieve it or anything, but it would be a little sad, like to see like like oh, you know Naomi. But I would also be rooting her. She she's so nice, man. I've never met her, but like with her interviews and just oh, like, what she interviews so well. She interviews like, so well. Just how man she she's so nice. So anyway, I think even if and this is a disclaimer, <sighs> like just because somebody's not the goat doesn't mean they weren't really good, right? And so. Uh, Naomi is going to have a great career whether she passes Serena or not. She's just she's just awesome. But I'm asking you, these are my two scenarios. Either she passes Serena in majors or she does something Serena never does. Do you think she do you think she passes Serena? Um, okay, so here's the deal. So the here's here's why I don't and this is, you know, this is kind of apples and oranges, I guess, but the reason I don't really like the head to head Okay. As a way of like differentiating between the goat and not the goat, is because Eli Manning is two and zero against Tom Brady. In the Super Bowl. Hey, here's what I'm. Hey, people said Patrick Mahomes will never be able to catch Brady because he lost head to head. And to they me, knew. that's to me that's not right because right, it's not. If, I'm if, with if that's a criteria we're using, Eli then why are we, the goat. Yeah, why are we not talking about Eli Manning as the goat? Why are we <laughs> not talking? Yeah, why do we not talk about Joe Montana as the goat? He's five and zero in Super Bowls, never lost. He's five and all. I thought he had four. Okay, five. Dang. Like never lost. Crazy. Like why don't we talk about this? I'm saying. Maybe he's four and zero, but regardless, he's never lost a Super Bowl. He so never why, lost. Why do yeah. we not talk about? It? You know what I mean? So for me, the head to head is is a little. 
in the individual sports is a little more impressive, I guess, because it's mono e mono or yeah, mono e mono or womano e womano. I guess I don't really know how you say that. Um, you know, but I'm just like I, I don't love the head to head because Serena could have had a bad day. Serena's also 39. Naomi Osaka's yeah. 23. There's a 16 year age difference here. Serena was no, she's 23. Okay. 23. So Serena was driving when Naomi Osaka was born. Like she, Serena had just got her driver's license when Naomi Osaka was born. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out. Wait, check out, check, check Naomi's day, uh, birthday. Let me check her birthday. Oh, bro. She was born October 16th, 1997. Serena Williams was born September, September 26, 1981. Do you know two years later or even like maybe a year later, um, in 1999, um, Serena Williams wins her first major. The Crazy. Australian, the Australian Open, I think, is her first major. That That's she nuts, bro. Or maybe it was the U.S. Open. I can't remember which one. But in 1999, Serena Williams wins her first major, and Osaka is, like, one years old. So yeah, this, is, this is nuts. So the fact that we're even talking about this, the fact Crazy. that we're even talking about this, um, let, let me see. I have it pulled up right here. Let me look. She won her first major 98. No, that's in doubles. That's doubles. That's doubles. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. That's doubles. 99. She won the U.S. Open. U.S. Open. Okay. Singles. She won the U.S. Open. So Osaka could have been like two because I think the U.S. Open is like in August or something. So, you know, whenever it is, it doesn't let chat. That's not super important. You know what's important though? 16 year age difference here. That's crazy. And Serena man. Williams is still playing and still dominant, actually. Crazy, right? Dominant. So, so I don't love the head to head. Um, because for me, I'm like, I don't know. It just seems kind of like a weird in individual sports, it makes a little bit more sense, I guess. But I'm just like, I what you know, what if Serena was what if Serena had a bad day? What if her and her husband got in an argument before the match? There's so many variables. You know what I mean? I'm a, well, okay, here's the deal. You know, but also I'm like, Naomi Osaka is 23 years old, and for all intents and purposes, she looks like a phenom. Yeah, bro, she, she's killing it, bro. I, I, I mean, we can't, we can't, we can't knock that, man. So, so here's the, here's the thing. I, this is what I was looking up while you were setting all of this up. I wanted to, I wanted to know, because these are things we have to look at in tennis. It's not just about the head to head, obviously it's about the number of titles, right? Serena has 23. Naomi has, where's it at? Four. I just saw it. Yeah. So her Wikipedia page or yeah, her page says three, but that's because they haven't included the, this the most one. recent one. So she has four right now at the age of 23. Um, Serena. Serena won her first one in 99. That's what we just we just discovered, right? She did not become the world number one until um, July 8th of 2002. That was her first time ever becoming the world number one in tennis, right? Okay, so if we look at what you won her first one, 99 to now 2021, she's won 23, Okay. It took her three years to become the world number one. It's impressive. It's really cool. You know, it's awesome. And and we're not going to take anything away. She's been, she was at number one for 319 weeks throughout her entire career. She's been 319 weeks out of how many years did we just say? 99 to 2021. 2021 was at 20 years? 20 years, 21 years. 21 years, something like that. 22 years, 319 weeks. You guys do the math, 52 weeks in a year. So as, a, as you know, here's a, here's a, yeah. And I think she's, I think, I think these women are both very, very dominant. Crazy. Right? Yeah. I think, it, I, I think I was looking at a page today and I don't, I, I can't do the math right off my head, but I don't think it was like ever more than two years where she hadn't won a major, like, like yeah. it was like 1999, 2000 or something like that. Yeah. Or it would go like 2001. And then like, she'd win couple years in a row and then i think there was a break from like 2003 to 2005 or something like that yeah, like, yeah, yeah. there was never like this gap of like five six years where she hadn't won a major yeah you know? like she's so, always since she started she's always been dominant yeah which is interesting so, i think her last major was 2017 but yeah i think but then she's 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 had a baby since then and it's 39 years old. So still super impressive what she's is, doing. This is the longest gap. You know, she's yeah. Had it. 
whole career. Yeah. And so there's, this is my thing is you have to, okay. So 319 weeks, that's as of 2019, obviously Serena has not been ranked world number one since then, because there's this woman named Naomi Osaka <laughs> who became the world number one in January of 2019. That's two years ago. She was not, she was 21 years old when she became the world number one for the first time. Serena was 20. So with just look at that, Naomi is on pace with Serena right now. Come on. That's interesting to me. Yeah. To, to think about. Now, do I think, you know, she won her first, her first title, her first U.S. Open, she won in 2018. Right. So we just looked, we said that Serena won hers in 99, became world number one three years later. She won hers in 18, became world number one three years later or a year later. Crazy to think about. Right. Yeah. yeah so yeah. she's on pace. And so my thing is when we're talking about the goat of, of women's tennis, now this is not the goat of all tennis because then we have to bring in, you know, um, Novak and Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal <laughs> and, uh, and all those guys. But we, when I look and say what we're doing, when I look and say between these two, can Naomi pass her? I think she can. Do I think she will? I, I don't I don't know. Do I think this is going to be kind of like a Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas thing where it's like we're, we're going to watch it very, very closely? Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I give her a chance. She has four at the age of 23. I would have to do a little bit more research to see how many Serena had at that point in time. You know, she won her first one in 99 what did I say? Two years later, a year later, three years later, she becomes world number one. Naomi Osaka beat that by two years. Um, Naomi Osaka has been world number one for 25 weeks and she's 23. This is crazy. She, crazy, let me see, when did she turn pro? So that's, that's another thing. When did she turn pro? Right. So you would have to look and say, okay, how long were they pro before they won all those kinds of, you would have to take all of that into account. And we just don't have the time to do that in, you know, an hour long we gotta, podcast we gotta episode. Keep moving. You know? keep but long yeah. story short, yes, I think she can. Do I think she will? I don't I don't know. I I I don't I don't want to say I hope she does because I love Serena Williams and what right, she's meant for right. the sport of tennis. But at the same time, I would love to get to to tell my son when he's old enough to understand the the weight of the history of what we're watching, right? So like right now, he doesn't understand the the weight of what we've seen, what we're watching Tom Brady do or what we're watching LeBron James do. He doesn't understand that because he's 10 months old. When he's older and I can look at him and say, hey, man, I lived in the time of Serena. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And and now I get to watch Naomi Osaka come back. And it's crazy because we're we're watching. I think Serena is going to, and uh, I, I think she'll end up with 25, you know, grand yeah. Grand Slam titles. Obviously, it's not, you know, the Grand Slam. You just explained it. But major titles. I think she'll end up with 25. I think she'll be number one. And I think it would be awesome to see Naomi get 26. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, man. I think so. Get all right, all right. Live we're, through it. we're talking yeah. about numbers a lot, bro. And we're uh -oh. going to end it here in the next three minutes. I got it. We got to go. We got to go. We got to end it. But I have something that I have to tell you. See, we talked uh -oh. about uh -oh. a lot talked about a lot of numbers 25 23 26 all these numbers these title wins and oh. this just is a great transition to go into the segment that we we advertised on the first episode we did we did we like to call behind the numbers behind the numbers oh yeah and so we're gonna go behind you the numbers you guys the truth can't handle the truth that's why everyone just looks at the numbers at face value but you know what not on this podcast. Numbers tell a story. Yeah. They tell a story. When they say numbers don't lie, poof, numbers are storytellers. You hear me? They, they, they tell stories, okay? And people interpret them wrongly, and they lie. All the time. Oh, actually, I just... Okay, so here's uh, the thing. What? Here's the, here's, the, what, what, what? here's the thing. Here's the thing. There are three NBA players shooting 100% from field goal percentage. And uh, round of applause, real quick. Round of applause, real quick. That's <laughs> probably not easy to do. And so, you look at that and say, three players shooting 100% from the field goal. Oh, that has to be like Steph Curry. Um, you know what I'm saying, or something like field goal percentages. Somebody has the Dame, yeah. Lillard, somebody. Yeah. I'm gonna tell y'all something it's Jared Dudley, Al Farouk Aminu. 
some guy named Devonte. Oh man! Oh man! This is awesome. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, but here's here's the question: You look at this stat, field goal percentage, and you say Jared Dudley is a integral piece to the Lakers, right? You look at Afaruka Mignu, and you say he's an integral piece to whatever team he plays on. You look at those numbers and say shooting a hundred percent from field goal percentage. Come on, man. Now, and okay, so say you dug a little bit into the numbers and you're like, okay, maybe they're not an integral piece. But in seven games, he shot a hundred percent. That has to yeah, be it's, right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, so we're going behind the numbers, y'all. Jared oh no. <laughs> Jared Jared Dudley has shot one three pointer. One three pointer. He knocked it down to his credit. He knocked he hit, it. Down. I mean, yeah, he hit it. He makes millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars, so he should. But yeah, man, he knocked it down. It was good. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Why not hey. end on a hundred percent, baby? <laughs> so this is what we like. This is why we. This is why we like to go behind the numbers, right? If you just looked up field goal percentages, who's leading the NBA in field goal percentages? You'd see it was Jared, Jared Dudley. And if that's all you went on, well, it wouldn't tell you the whole story. You need to know that Jared Dudley has only played in seven games. You need to know that he's only taken one three pointer and made it. That his his points per game is point four. You know, and this is not a. This is not to pick on Jared Dudley. I like Jared Dudley as a player. I'm just saying, I'm just saying to you that we have to go behind the numbers. Cody does not like Jared Dudley. <laughs> I don't mind Jared Dudley. I mean, I'm just yeah, like, I'm just like, wait a minute. We really about to have you watched some videos on Jared Dudley where he's just starting fights for no reason? <laughs> yeah, that's his role on the team. Like, I get it. Jared Dudley's not gonna, he's never been the superstar guy. He's never been the guy that you're like, we're gonna sign him, we're gonna sign I mean, two more superstars, and here we come in his career he was really good though like and he's just old now and he's, he's just, always he's like he's always he's been a top muscle. tier role player yeah he's almost he's almost yeah. so yeah. literally you sign jared dudley and you say hey hey when when steph when steph starts cooking when it's dame time punch him in the face <laughs> <laughs> like and jared's like i don't really know that i want they're like look we're gonna pay you a million dollars just to punch people in the face he's yeah, like, i'm not a boxer they're like you are now <laughs> You are now. This is now the National Boxing Association, as far as you're concerned. Punch people in the face. When you see me double tap my left arm, hit them with the right. I don't care. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. And so fans, we're gonna do we're gonna do a lot greater dive than this one. Uh we just wanted to hit y'all with a layup on the behind the numbers because yeah. we explained well, it on the first podcast, but we want oh, to give you an example. The things aren't always exactly like they seem. They're not. Real quick, real quick though, we do we do have to make a quick correction. Um, as I'm looking this up right now, based on Basketball Reference, as of as of today, as of today, Al Farouk Amino is no longer shooting 100% from the field. Oh, no, Al-Farouk. He is now shooting 80% from the field. He's played in three games. He's averaging 3.7 points per game. And, um, you know. Doing it, Al-Farouk. It's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Listen, we forgive you, Al-Farouk. You're on the team to play defense, not to score points. Um, so, the, so, you know, Al-Farouk Amino is a good defender. Yeah, he's a good player. I, 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 guys are good players. I just... I just, I just I thought it was fun. funny. I, I I think it's funny here's, as well. Here's the thing, though. Next week, maybe we'll talk about how the the top fifty players on this list. There's not. There's one point guard, um, and it's Ben Simmons, and he's shooting like sixty percent from the field. Yeah. Um, and we need to talk about how undervalued centers are because there's a like there's like twenty centers on this list, if not more. And I know all of those centers yeah, again. Let's talk about it. Seven, seven games here, three games here, but there's some there's some well known centers like DeAndre Jordan on here who's played 28 games and he's 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 shooting like uh let me let me look real quick. He's shooting DeAndre Jordan is shooting um 79% from the field, right? And he's played in 29 games, 21.7 minutes per game, right? Uh 
Nikola Jokic. He's he's shooting 57% from the field, 28 games, 35 minutes per game, 87% free throw shooter. Like this man is ridiculous. Crazy. Right? That's, that's wild. So anyway, you got Clint Capella on here. You got Mason Plumley. Like these guys, Steven Adams. Man, I know their shots are closer to the basket. I know, I know. Even people like Montrez Harrell, Rudy Gobert, these guys are shooting at a high level. And maybe we need to value centers more. Not centers, centers. Maybe we need to we need to value centers. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh here, so here's what I'll say real quick. Behind real the numbers quick, here. I, saw, I looked up, I looked up Mr. I don't know how you say your last name, so I'm gonna just call you. I'm gonna just call you Devonte. Yeah, that's just I, I, I looked up Devontae's stats. This man's played in two games. Mm-hmm. How do I know that? Because his points per game is one, and he has two points scored on the season. So basic math tells you <laughs> he has to play in two games, right? But here's the thing: I thought when you sent me this guy's name, I thought he was a rookie. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. He was on the team last year. Oh goodness! Won a championship with them last year. Played zero oh, minutes. Oh. Crazy. He got that ring though. And, and so he was in the he was in the G League, right? Um, and, and it's crazy. This guy is really talented. I mean, it, it, in the G League in two thousand December twenty eighth of two thousand nineteen, before he got called up to be in the bubble, twenty two points, nineteen rebounds. In, in one on. game, in one game. So I'm like, the guy, the guy's pretty good. Apparently, I'm he's played in two day. games. He has one point per game, and he's shooting 100. percent It's interesting to know. Guess who he plays for? The LA Lakers. Guess who Jared Dudley plays for? The LA Lakers. What's the common denominator between both of them LeBron shooting 100? percent LeBron James is LeBron James the greatest player of all time? Find out yes. next time on Calling oh, All Fans. <laughs> come on! Hey, thank y'all for joining us. We'll catch y'all next week. Oh yeah, we we love you guys. Y'all are awesome. And uh, as always, hey man, look here's the I could have been anywhere in the world tonight. I could have been. I could have been at a barbecue. I could have been anywhere in the world tonight. Could have been at a barbecue. I could have been laying on the couch with my wife. I could have been playing Call of Duty. I could be asleep. Dang. But I came and I hung out with you guys. Y'all came and hung out with me and, and Anthony. And this is incredible. We love you guys. Y'all are awesome. And as always, you already know what to do. Stay fans, stay biased, and we will catch you on the next one. Peace. Hey, fans. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Calling All Fans podcast. We love you guys. We're so grateful that you joined us today. Remember, keep being fans, keep being biased, and we'll see you on the next episode.